turn to 1 John. 1 John in chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. First John chapter 2 and verse 15. Hallelujah. All right. First John chapter 2 verse 15. Let's read. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides in him forever. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. I thank you today, God, that as we come to break open the word, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Come on, just begin to pray for yourself right now that God would speak to you. Lord, speak to us today. God, we till the ground of our hearts and we prepare, Lord, for the seed to be planted. We thank you, God. Lord, and we ask today, God, that we would hear your word, but it would not stop there. We would be doers of your word. We thank you today, Lord, for your, for your grace. I just pray for your Holy Spirit to continue, Lord, to move upon hearts today. We ask, God, that you'd speak to us, that we'd be more like you. We thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you for your word, Lord, that you, you have left for us to be a map, Lord, to help us, to show us, to give us wisdom. When we thank you, we thank you, we give you praise today for all that you're going to do in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated today. I'm not a doom and gloom person. Um, I, however, I do believe I do believe that the Lord is trying to get our attention in these last days. I believe that um, we live in a different world than we used to, and uh, some of you know that much better than I do. Uh, the world is seeming to go in a downward spiral. It's quite an interesting thing. Unfortunately, we live in days similar to Noah. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of scary, and as we look around, many things are going wrong, and there's so many broken people. There's so much hopelessness. There's so many hurting people out there. And there's, there's wars and rumors of wars. It seemed like, really, it gets harder and harder to make a distinction between what is good and, and, and what is not. And, and it, may, it seems like it gets harder and harder to live for the Lord. But the truth is, is our God is mighty. Our God is able. And, and I believe the Lord is speaking to us in ways that are equipping us and giving us what we need to get the job done in this hour. And today I'm going to be talking about overcoming the world. And God is able to turn any situation around. He's able to take any life and make it new. He's able to, to reveal what needs to be revealed so that God's plan can be fulfilled. And part of that plan is us steadfastly seeking the Lord with everything that we have. And, and, and many times, if we are not careful, we can easily get drawn away from our first love, the first love being that, our love for the Father. 
And so we look at this text today, and John, John is urging us. He's saying, do not live for the world or for anything in it. What he's saying is, don't be entangled in the culture that rebels against God. And truly, our, our, our culture, everything about it seems to rebel and pull away from what God wants for us. We need to be careful not to be in awe in that which the world is offering. So our society is very challenging. <laughs> it seems to be more and more contrary to the word of God. And we live in a world that is self-preserving and selfish. I need to get mine, and I'll do whatever it takes to get what I need. I'll trample over anybody. I was on the, I was on the river just the other night, and I was fishing with, um, with Mike Sisson, and, and uh, we took uh, the minister that's going to be preaching tonight and his family. And uh, we were fishing. <laughs> kind of unfortunate that this took place uh, when I go to take a friend to go fishing. Um, but there was two guys, and I, you know, the specific river that we were fishing on, they, they were, um, there's an opportunity to kind of get caught up on each other, if you know what I mean. And, uh, and they're, they're leaving their, their lines in the water with bait, trying to catch fish, and sometimes the bait drifts and catches onto somebody else's line. Well, that's exactly what happened, and these two guys think they both have a fish, like it's hilarious, you know. It, I, I say, you know, when you, know, you feel that tug, you're like, oh my goodness, and then you find out that it's like the guy across the way, and you're like, wow, that's the most action I've had all day, but it's not a fish. Uh, and so these guys tangle up on each other, and, and, and you know, it, I've seen it where it's, you know, people tangle up on each other in that specific spot. It happens all the time. It really does, and, and, it, and it's not like a big deal, but these guys, you know, one guy just lets out the... the you know, I, I couldn't believe the profanity that was flowing through, from his mouth. And he was like, you know, dropping F-bombs, like more F-bombs in the sentence than actual words, if you know what I'm saying. And, and he's like, what's your problem, man? I can't believe you. And then the other guy's like, well, I was here first, blah, blah, blah. And it all could have been solved by someone just saying simply, sorry. <laughs> but we're all about you know, it's everybody else's fault, and I got to get mine, and, and, and if, if something goes wrong, then it's obviously someone else's deal. Our world is, is more and more increasing in that, and, and it's, and it's, it's self-seeking. It's, it's trying to, to get yours, and, and truly, that is not the way of the Lord. That is not the way God has commanded us to live, and, and all it all it would have taken was a simple, I'm sorry. You know, somebody humbling themselves and saying, my bad. You know, who knows whose issue it was? How, how can you tell whose line drifted into whose line? You know, I mean, but these guys, I mean, there was little children. And there are every other word's in the F word. I mean, our world is, is a very interesting place. And John says, do not love the world or anything in it. He goes on to say, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love this world and everything in it, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Maybe, let me say that again. If you love this world and everything in it, you do not have the love of the Father in you. And I'm not talking, so some people might... might might misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the love of the world as in we reach out to people to get them saved, to show them the love of Christ. That's not the love I'm talking about. I'm talking about being entangled in the things that drag people away from God. That's what I'm talking about today. 
That, that is a strong statement, meaning that if you, are, if you are seeking after the world and the things of the world above God, you do not have the love of the Father in you. That's a strong statement. And the reason that John makes that strong statement is because he understands the capacity of man's heart. Our capacity, we, our heart is so narrow it cannot love both world and God. We don't have the capacity to love both God and the world in that sense. Jesus even said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You cannot have both. Jesus didn't say you shouldn't have both. He said you cannot have both. You cannot love the world, seek after the things that the world is, is dabbling in, yet still have the love of the Father. Come on, somebody smile at me today. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church? Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll tell you that part of the reason the church has so many issues and is losing its power is because we're trying to hold on to the world, yet hold on to God at the same time. There's like a grass is greener on the other side syndrome. Really? Really? I, I, it's quite amazing. I, I, I knew a young man. He really wasn't a young man. He's a, he's a young adult and really going on into adulthood. And, and he can't stay in one place because the moment something isn't uh, everything he wanted it to be, he moves on. And... The truth is, is that we can find all of our satisfaction in God, and we don't have to run everywhere to try and seek after something. That's the truth of the matter. And, 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 and John says, you know, you can't have both. I recently went into a, uh, an establish, a food establishment, and, um, and I wanted a swirl cone. You guys know what I'm talking about? I, I wanted a cone that is chocolate and vanilla swirl. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. Anybody have a I'm, I'm talking about food, so don't get hungry on me, all right? But I walked into this place and I was, you know, it's America, man. It's America. We can have everything we want, right? I mean, and so, Lord, that's not it. That, that's bad. But I walk into this food establishment and they got ice cream and they got, you know, they got the, the soft serve ice cream thing. I'm like, man, I want a swirl cone. I just want, I don't want vanilla. I don't want chocolate. I want chocolate and vanilla. And so I walk up and I say, I want a swirl cone. Give me a big swirl cone. Sir, we don't serve swirl cones. You can have chocolate or vanilla. And I just was like ultimately disappointed. I was like, I could not believe myself. I just want to tell you something. There are no swirl cones in the kingdom of God. You can't have God and yet have the world at the same time. Come on, somebody say, you can't have the swirl cone. There ain't no swirl cones in the kingdom of God. It's either you love God and you pursue God or you pursue the world. John says you cannot... You cannot love the world and yet have the love of the Father in you. Can I ask you a question today? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he the Lord of your life? Because really, when you say Jesus is the Lord of your life, you're saying that God has everything of mine. He is, he is in control. He is in charge of everything that I have. He is in charge of the words that come out of my mouth. I mean, I mean, everything that I have is dedicated to him. 
So what proceeds from my mouth should be dedicated to him because we have life and death flowing from our tongue. The Bible says it is the rudder and that even, even what comes, it's not what goes into us that defiles us, but comes out of us that defiles us. So what comes from our mouth should be honoring to the Lord, should be dedicated to the Lord, should be well-pleasing to the Lord. Are your possessions the Lord's? Is the, is, is the Lord really the Lord of all? Because either the Lord is Lord of all or he's Lord of nothing at all. Because either you will serve God with everything or you could be lukewarm. The Bible says that he'll spit you out of his mouth or you could be cold. I, for me in my house, I want to be on fire for the Lord. I want to serve God with, I want the Lord to be Lord of my life, Lord of everything. My money is his. My possessions are his. What proceeds from my mouth is his. My actions are his. Everything of mine, he is Lord of all. Everything of mine is in, is in honoring the Lord. If you were to, anybody ever watch an old medieval movie where there's kings and horses and knights and stuff like that? Well, just imagine your, yourself just for a moment that you're in one of those times and you have a king, you know, because that's just the way it was. You had kings and, and just so happened you, you, you were in good relation with that king. And you said, king, I love you and I serve you. And so on Sunday, you tell him, Lord, I, 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 King, I serve you. I, I live for you. I've lived to serve you. And then on Monday, you go to the, the province away and that's, a, that's across the way, and you find the other king there, and you say the same thing to him. How do you think the previous king feels about that? Well, he's going to think, man, that guy is a, I don't know. He's just, he's not committed to me. You cannot love the world, and yet love God. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? You cannot love the world, seek after the things of the world, yet have the love of God inside of you. Let me tell you about the love of God because it's a powerful, amazing thing. The, the, the capacity that God loves us with is, is, is amazing. The love given to us by the Father is so extensive. The fact that he would put together a plan to send his one and only son to die on the cross for you and I. He loved us that much. He loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. His love is jealous. It's long-suffering. It's forgiving. His love is deep. His love is high. His love is long. His love is wide. His love never fails. His love never leaves us nor forsakes us. His love is personal and yet passionate. His love translates people from darkness into his marvelous light. His love is all-encompassing and all-consuming. God is infatuated with you. And he can't take his eyes off of you. And yet, however, John says, if you love the world, that love that all-encompassing love is not in you. I believe that many times we walk away from the love of the Father and we seek after the things, well, it's not many times, it's every time I believe. The reason we walk away from the Father's love is because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is the father of all lies and he tries to tempt us and lure us away from the love of God. The devil doesn't want you serving God. And he'll do everything possible to get you off, of, off track. He'll lure you. He will tempt you. 
He will find where, what your weakness is and hit you where it hurts. That's the way the devil works. He's a mean devil. I was, uh, last season I was fishing at Jim Creek. Notice all the fishing illustrations. I love fishing. Praise the Lord. Somebody told me this morning, I'm going give to you, give you my proxy next year so you can catch all my fish. <laughs> I would love to. Because <laughs> I don't want to stop fishing when I catch my limit. Anyway, I was at Jim Creek last year. And, uh, and uh, the, the sun was going down. It was around midnight. And the sun was going down. And it was it's, you know, amazing that the sun goes down at midnight. Um, but the sun's going down at midnight. And... I was done fishing. Anybody ever been to that point where you're just tired of casting that line in the water and you just need to go home? You know, well, whenever I get to that point, I always tell myself, all right, 30 cast countdown. We're doing the 30 cast countdown. Here we go. 30 cast countdown. I'm not giving up. You know what I'm saying? And so I do, I did, I was, that's what happened. It was late. I was tired. I was like, the sun's going down. It's cold. 30 cast countdown. Here we go. And so I'm casting, and I get, to, I get to 29. I'm like, oh, no fish. 30. Here we go. Really in the line. No fish. I was like, okay, I guess that's it for me. No, I'm going to do one more. So I throw one more, okay? I throw one more. Okay, I throw one more. And I kid you not, all right, I throw the line, and I'm reeling it in. And, and for some reason, I don't know if it was the moon or whatever, but there was like a reflection. And so I could see, I could see where my lure was coming. You know what I'm talking about? It was coming this when I'm reeling it. And, and I can see behind my lure are these ripples. And I'm like, no way. Is that a fish chasing my lure? I'm like, I cannot believe. I'm, I've never seen that before, never seen it since. I'm watching the fish come after my lure. So I slow it down real nice and make that thing beautiful. You guys know those spinners that just make the, the fish love it, man. They're just like, <gasps> it's, like a, it's like a mosquito going for one of those, those zappers, you know. <laughs> it's so beautiful, <laughs> you know. And so the fish is swimming. I can see it. The ripples are just getting closer. I'm like, oh, I'm slowing this puppy down. That fish nailed that thing. And I brought that sucker, and I was like, yeah, 30 cast countdown, baby. 30 cast countdown plus one. But I'll tell you, the devil tries to lure you. The devil looks for a weak place in your life, and he will hit you right there. And he'll slow the lure down just for you. He'll make everything look great. He'll make everything look nice and beautiful for you. Think that somehow what he's, what he's offering you will satisfy you more than the love of God. Let me tell you something. That could be, that, there's no way that that could be possible. That is furthest from the truth. It is all counterfeit. It is all counterfeit. Drugs and alcohol are counterfeits. People look for satisfaction through relationships. It is counterfeit. Nothing can satisfy you like the love of God. But the enemy tries everything he possibly can to lure you away from the love of God. That's his, that's his plot. He wants to get you away from the love of God, and he'll make everything look real good. He, try, he wants to get you in love with the world. He wants to make things look really good for you. Somehow that, that things aren't going good in your marriage, so you need to look elsewhere for satisfaction. Absolutely not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I have three points for you today in which the devil, really John has three points for you today, in which the devil tries to tempt you. And, and, um, and much of, if not all, everything falls within these three categories. And the first one is the lust of the flesh. 
The second one is the lust of the eyes, and the third is the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, Matthew Henry calls this the lust of luxury and comfort. Everywhere you turn, there's an ad that makes you think that you need something new, you need something better, you got to have the latest car, the latest phone, you got to go buy a big boat, you know? You know what's crazy is that you'll have people that will work so hard to get those things only to find out that those things just fade away. The Bible says not to store up things on this earth, but to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt, where thieves do not break in and steal. So we need to store up treasures in heaven, and people will search for the next desire. They'll, they'll, they will, it's a very sad fact, but I've even seen people work their brains out they will go morning to night, seven days a week, seeking after the next big thing. They will go after everything. It is the lust of the flesh. And it's, what's so sad is that people will go after that even at the expense of their family. They, they, they somehow convince themselves that if they can get the next four-wheeler or the next snow machine, that their family will benefit. No, the family will benefit if you do provide for their family, but the family will also benefit if you also minister to them and not just work your brains out. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with working hard. No, not, not at all. The Bible says that if you're not willing to provide for your family, then you're no better than a sinner, but not at the expense of your family. Not at the expense of losing your love for God. Not at the expense of searching after some temptation that the devil knows you're, you're tempted by. Not being lured by this thing. And so the lust of the flesh, it can be something that can draw people away. The second thing is the lust of the eyes. The truth is, is it's never been easier to defile your eye gate. It really is, is, is quite easy. You don't even, when you go online, you don't even have to look for it. It'll just happen. It, you don't even have to search for, for defiling things. They'll just pop up on their own. All the movies, the TVs, TV shows, magazines, internet. Are you guarding what you see? Are you guarding your eyes? Are you watching what you look at? Are you, are you being careful that you guard that? See, my, my family, me and my wife, we have a strict policy on movies, and that's not because we have a child. We have a strict policy on movies because we understand that what we see affects us. What we watch affects us. There are moments where I've walked into movies uh, where it's been at someone else's house, and I'm just, I'm in awe because I'm just, it's like a sewage plant pumping right into me. In Matthew 6, and 23, listen to this very closely. Because what you watch is so important to who you are. Matthew 6, and 23, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, meaning what you look at, what you see, what you behold, if that is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What we behold with our eyes, the lust of the eyes, the devil tries to come and distract us. He tries to, you know, and the truth is there's nothing wrong. I, I've had people feel ashamed for the standards that they have on, on, on watching movies. 
And, and for you, maybe that's a, that's a personal conviction. Maybe for others, it's, it's different. And I, you know, for me, I don't, I don't prefer to watch movies with sexual content. I don't prefer to do it. Why? I, that's just something that I feel convicted about. I don't ever want to be drawn to something that's not my wife. I'm just saying. But the issue is, is that some people, they have no problem sitting in front of basically soft porn. And it's a scary thing. Because what's happening in your heart? Well, hopefully you're able to guard yourself. But why put yourself in that position? Is the movie really that, is, is it really that good? Oh, but it's just, it's just, you know, it's the, it's, it's the same sex nudity. You know, it's a guy and I'm a guy. Whatever. Is it really that important is my question. The lust of the eyes. The devil will try everything he possibly can to get you to fall by, by the lust of the eyes. The last thing is the pride of life. The world considers pride as a strength. And if you're humble, then you're weak. That couldn't be further from the truth. That's a pile of poopy. <laughs> Truthfully, that is a pile of dung, man. That somehow, if you were to humble yourself, if one of those men on the river would have humbled themselves, the other guy would not, he would not have, have thought he was weak. <laughs> Maybe he would have. Is that, that is a very interesting thing. We cannot be so, <clears throat> so concerned with, with with making ourselves look the best. You know, the Lord is the one that honors. The Lord is the one that exalts. The Lord is the one that brings the person to the surface. It is not our doings. It is not us, us having to grasp for, for something. It, you know, people will, will even, you know, and Lord forgive me because times I've done this, I've felt this even when I was younger and even now. I have to watch myself in this. We'll try and get possessions to make ourselves be in some particular category to have some type of status. Like if I have some kind of vehicle that makes me someone that I'm really not, you know, someone that I always wanted to be and that everybody will think I'm something. That's pride. That is pride. You, who you are is not determined by what you have. Who you are is determined by the love of God. It is determined by who God says you are. You are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. It is not anything you have done, but it is the price that Jesus paid on the cross that makes you who you are. Come on, somebody say amen today. And so we, we see the devil using these even in Scripture, even for the beginning of time. And I'm coming, to, I'm coming closer to the end here. But we see this in Scripture. Would you turn quickly? Let's turn quickly to Genesis 3. Genesis 3. I want to show you this in Scripture. We're going we're gonna to go through this real quickly. Genesis 3, and you'll see these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Verse 1 of chapter 3, and I'm going I'm to go ahead and read. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now the serpent said to the woman, verse 4, You will not surely die, for God knows in the day you eat, 
God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In verse 6, this is very, very interesting. Look here, verse 6. It says, so when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and that a, the, a tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he, and he ate. Now, now look at verse 6 there. It says that the woman saw that the tree was good for food. That is the lust of the flesh right there. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. That's the lust of the eyes. And that the tree was desirable to make one wise. That is the pride of life. It has been happening from the beginning of time. Satan has been tempting people from the beginning of time in these three areas. He knows that if he can get your eyes off of the love of God, if he can get your eyes off of the satisfaction that God gives you, he's got you. Let's look at even Jesus was tempted in Matthew. Matthew 4. Come on, turn there quickly. I know we're going quick in these things, but I just want to show you a couple instances, and then we'll move on. Matthew 4. Matthew 4, and let's read from verse 1. Then Jesus led, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Notice, the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness, and there he was tempted. The Spirit led him there. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. He's saying, Give in to your hunger. Give in to the lusts of the flesh. Jesus was tempted by Satan in these ways as well. It's not just you and I. Come on, jump down. Jump down to verse, let's go to verse, verse 8. Again, the devil took him up exceedingly high, on this exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. I will give you the kingdoms of the world. I will give you. All that you desire. That is the pride of life. He is tempting Jesus with the pride of life. This is the Son of God being tempted by Satan. Now let me ask you, if the Son of God is being tempted in these ways, what makes you think you're any different? The devil will try and come and trip you up in these very things. In 1 John 5:19, it says, We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Are you under the sway of the wicked one? Are you caught up in these lusts that you've lost the love of the Father? You've lost sight of God. Don't come under the sway of the wicked one. We need to love and serve the one true God. And so God is speaking to us today. The first thing is we must have an uncompromising love for God. Don't flirt with the devil. Be sold out for the Lord. Let him be the Lord of your whole life. Get rid of any gray areas, any, any compromise, any place where you said, oh, no, I can handle it. If you're falling into temptation, you're giving in, you are not handling it very well. Have, um, have an uncompromising love for God. Get rid of any gray areas. The second thing is don't give in to the temptation of the enemy. God always gives us a way out. Let me say that again. God always gives us a way out. 
Whenever the enemy tempts us, God always gives us a way out. You might say, but I, I, just couldn't, I just couldn't overcome it. I just couldn't. No, you can overcome it. The truth is, is that God always gives you a way out. And we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. It says, no temptation has overcome you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God always gives you a way out. He always gives you the ability to overcome the temptation. Joseph found himself in a very compromising situation where he could have given in. But instead, he found a way out. He ran. He left his cloak and he ran. Jezebel! No, she wasn't Jezebel, but he ran. He did not stay. He did not entertain. He did not flirt with the devil. He had an uncompromising love for God and he said, there is no way there is no way. God always gives you a way out. So take it. Hey, take it. Take it. Do you see compromise in your life? Get rid of it. There are moments of temptation, and I will tell you, they will come. Temptations will come. You say, well, I'm a pretty strong Christian. I don't care how strong you think you are. You probably are a strong Christian. But the truth is, the devil tempts every single one of us. There was a boy that, that walked home every single day from school, and on that route, he would find himself, you probably heard this story before, he would find himself walking into one of the stores on the way home from school, and every day he would walk by the magazine rack and see pornography. And he came to his pastor one day and he said, Pastor, I just can't overcome temptation. I just, every time I go by that store, I just can't help myself. I just look at the pornography every time. And the pastor says, Boy, go home a different way. Sometimes us overcoming temptation is easier than we, we, we make it. The truth is, is <laughs> we have to beware of the enemy's ploys. We have to beware of the enemy's ploys. The lust of the flesh. Do you need the next new thing to fulfill you? Do you need a relationship to fulfill you? Well, the only relationship that really fulfills us is that which we get from God. Let God fulfill you. There's the lust of the eyes. There may be people in here that struggle with that. You know, wandering eyes and such. You know, man or woman. It's not just men that deal with that. It's women as well. And we used to have this thing, it's kind of humorous, but we used to walk through the malls and stuff, and you, know, you see the pretty girls coming down the way, and, uh, and, uh, or whatever, you know, or like a, like a poster board inside the window, and uh, we'd be like, look up, look up for Jesus, or heads up for holiness, you know, and everybody looks up. You know, because you can't be like, you can't be like hey, uh, look to the left, everybody. You say, look to the left, everybody looks right, you know? So normally what I do is I'm walking through the mall with a bunch of youth. They'd be like, hey, what's that over there? Look at that. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe that. That's so awesome. And I'm like, what are you looking at? Oh, oh, nothing. You get past the thing. <laughs> you may struggle with that. You know, there was, there was life before computers. There was life before cell phones with Internet. They still have flip phones. You know, there's a young, there was a young man who was in our, in, our, in our youth ministry who had an issue with pornography on his cell phone. 
And so I said, well, I got an easy solution for you. How about you get a dumb phone? Get one of those flippers that you can't go on the internet with. And I, and I, I, it's not the first time I've gone through that with somebody. Let me tell you something. That is a very hard decision for people to make. I don't know why it is. It's a very, it seems like a very easy solution, but it's a very difficult thing for people to do. Why? Because they lose Facebook, they lose Instagram, they lose all their social media, and they can't stay in, the, in, the, in, in, in all that and stay up and up with everybody. You know, Jesus said, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. That means if your computer is causing you to stumble, get rid of it. There was life before the internet. There still is fax machines. <laughs> Some lady asked me to fax something the other day, and I was like, do we still do that? <laughs> I just take a picture with my phone and email it. Come on, though. How much are you committed to God? How much do you want to get rid of that which the Lord is trying to lure, uh, that the world is trying to lure you with? How committed to the love of God are you? Because if you're committed to God, God is the Lord of your life. He is the king of your life. And everything that you do and say and are is his. It should be no problem to say, God, I'll give it up for you. And so we have the pride of life as well. Let God be the one who exalts you. We don't need to try and make ourselves seem better than we are. Let God exalt you. Let God do that. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let God be the one that establishes you. Let him be the one who exalts you. It's amazing. God, God, God loves us so much that he exalts us. But we got to stay humble. It's not about us trying to get, get ourselves to look good, get ourselves to get to the highest place, promote ourselves. No, you stay humble. You serve the Lord. You honor people. You love people. God will do that. He'll take care of it for you. And so in conclusion today, let's be lovers of God only. John says, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Let us be lovers of God only. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about not reaching out to people. I'm not talking about not having compassion for people and reaching out and loving them with the love of Christ. It is kindness and love that leads people to repentance. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being so in awe of the, the things of the world. Let's be lovers of God. Let's stay in tune with God. Let's stay fixed on the Lord. Let's stay fixed on Him. Let's have an uncompromising love for the Lord. And the second thing in conclusion is you need to recognize the devil's temptations and overcome them. Amen? Amen. Come on, stand to your feet today. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on, just begin to worship him all across this place. Just say, Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you today. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Oh, we thank you today, God. We fix our eyes on you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we don't want to be caught up with the world. We don't want to be drawn away by the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life. God, but we want to fix our eyes on you today. Lord, we want to seek after you with everything that we have. Oh, Lord, we need you. We need you. Right now, if you just, there's something in, that God has revealed to you today, just... 
you know you need to get rid of, just ask the Lord, first of all, just ask Him for forgiveness. And ask Him to remove that. Help. Ask Him for help. Ask Him for the strength that you need to remove those things from your life. Go ahead, right now, come on. Father, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for times where I've given in. Lord, for I've sought after things that were not you. That I've sought after things that were contrary. Oh, Lord, for your love satisfies. Your love satisfies, God. Forgive me where I've sought after things and help me, Lord, in the future, Lord, to take that way of escape. Lord, to, to run from those things when they, when they present themselves to me. Help me, God. Help me, God. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us as a church, Lord, to fix our eyes on you. We want to love you. We want to serve you with everything that we are. Lord, you are the Lord of our life. Come on, tell him he's the Lord of your life. Lord, you are the Lord of our life. Everything that we have is yours. All of us is yours, God. We give you praise. We give you praise today. We give you praise today. Hallelujah. 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 With every head bowed and every eye closed today, we never like to leave a service without giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus. And we talked about... We talked about the love of the Father, and truly, He loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son, an unfathomable thing He's done for us. He has is, he is truly done an amazing thing by sending His Son to die on the cross. What we could not do, He did for us. And so today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe your relationship with God has gone astray, but you want to make that right with Him today, you want to declare your love for Him today, just repeat this after me. And those of you who, who are already following in the Lord, just reaffirm your faith today. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for everything that I've done. I know you died on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven. And I know you rose again so I can have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Now lift your hands to Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord, your anointing to rest upon these. Your spirit, God, I pray that you'd fill these right now. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Give them the strength, the anointing that they need, Lord. Oh, God, that they would live for you with everything that they have. Oh, Jesus, all the days of their life fixed on you, loving you. In Jesus' name. Can somebody put their hands together for Jesus today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did somebody get something from the Lord today? Hallelujah. Come on, grab hands with the person next to you. Don't miss tonight, Minister Darren. You know what? I want to do something. We've been doing this. Would you come? Come. We want to pray for Primrose today. Would just drop your hands real quick and stretch your hands out over here. Sister Sharon Schaefer, it's okay. The others had to go and set up already. Come on, stretch your hands out. We pray for... Our, our, uh, our extension. It's really an extension. I missed that one this morning. It's an extension. Casey Primrose Fellowship that's down the street. We thank you, Lord, for this, for this group of people, God, who have dedicated themselves even to this task. I pray, Lord, that you'd anoint them today. Thank you for the anointings that rest upon them. Thank you for their hearts, Lord, to serve even these, these elderly, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would bring great breakthrough. I pray today as the, the worship goes forward and the, and the word goes forward, I pray that hearts would be lifted, Lord, that people would leave that place lighter than they came in. And we thank you today for them. Bless them. Bless these that are serving, God. Strengthen them. 
I pray that you would equip them everything that they need. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Bless you. Sorry about that. KC Fellowship. Go ahead, grab hands of the pers person next to you. KC Primrose Fellowship down the road. Hallelujah. Come on, pray for your neighbor today. Would you pray for them that they would overcome the evil one, that they would not give it a temptation, but they would fix their eyes on Jesus. They would be lovers of God today. Come on, pray for your neighbor. Father, we thank you today. Lord, for all that is spoken today, we ask, Lord, God, that you would begin to move upon this, this week, God, in great power, using us for great effectiveness. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would lead us and guide us. I pray this week, Lord, that though we may have temptation, come and try and lure us, the evil one, try to lure us. I pray that we'd overcome that this week. God, that we'd walk in victory. And I pray that we'd be fixed on you, in love with you, God. We thank you today. Bless us as we go. I pray you'd cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them and keep them and give them peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you tonight. We'll see you tonight. Bless you.